Hey, this is Heather Bonham, and you are listening to the Learning Coach Podcast, episode 006. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm having so much fun publishing these podcasts for you. Um, You can come and visit me at my website, studyskillssurvivalguide.com. Email me, info at studyskillssurvivalguide.com or please sign up for my free weekly newsletter. What I've been doing is publishing the podcast um, on Wednesdays and then on Thursdays every week publishing my free weekly newsletter. And once you get on the list, um, then you get the update on Thursday that the new episode is live, kind of a little bit of what it's about. And every month I have a freebie, a PDF that you can download. And this month for May, 2018, um, the freebie, which is always attached to the newsletter is called what to do tonight to have a great day tomorrow. And it's just all about being organized, planning ahead, what you can do during the evening to make sure that tomorrow morning goes really smoothly. And that is great. uh, a, A fun resource for really people of all ages. So um, hopefully that will be helpful to you and um, and that you'll sign up and you'll get that. So I apologize in advance for my voice. It's a little bit scratchy. We're just having change in the weather and we've had storms and stuff flying in the air and it's just making my voice scratchy. So bear with me. But this week's episode 006 is all about the topic of criticism. And I know you're thinking criticism, like that's, that's an interesting topic in terms of um, students. I mean, that's not very positive, but I want you to just listen and, and think this through with me because it really has been on my mind um, as a teacher, as an employee. I mean, just in life, I've been thinking about this topic of criticism and the positives and negatives to criticism. And so um this week I was just kind of reflecting and I'm, you know, we've been giving our students a lot of feedback. It's almost to the end of the year. I'm sure those of you who are students are getting a lot of feedback and in many ways it's critical criticism. Now you might also be getting criticism based on other things, uh, you know, a career choice, um, a choice of major in college, a choice to go back to school, a choice to leave school, Um, And certainly when you go out and apply for jobs, whether you're getting a summer job or you're trying to graduate and and congratulations if you are and uh, get, you know, your first real career job or wherever that is. A lot of times you go for interviews. Sometimes you don't hear anything back. Sometimes you get criticism. So uh, I I want you to know from the beginning that this podcast is going to talk about why criticism can be useful. So I'm not saying that it's all bad, and I I want you to know that going in, but certainly a lot of criticism is defeating, frustrating, and it's hard to handle. And it doesn't ever completely get easy, I think, for most people. Some people are kind of naturally, what we say is, are thick-skinned people, so the criticism doesn't really get to them. But most of us hey, we have feelings, we're human. And even when you're older, um, it still is hard if someone doesn't like something that you've done, work that you've done, um, a task that you've produced, a paper that you've written, you know, it's hard. And so so we're going to talk about that today. And I have little sayings for people who provide criticisms. Monday morning quarterback, a backseat driver, you've probably heard those, 
But also, someone who provides criticism can be called an editor. And that's a positive spin. That's, again, that constructive criticism. So I was thinking about this phrase that I'd heard. Um, I originally heard it from Tony Robbins. And then Mark Manson also talks about it. But the phrase is, how long would you give your average baby to learn to walk? Interesting. Your average baby, healthy, normal, you know, developing well baby. Well, they walk around a year old. But some babies walk at 9 or 10 months old. Other babies, you know, 13, 14, 15 months. It really depends on the baby. All three of my kids were pretty close together, but they didn't all walk at exactly the same age. Um, And you know, when that baby is learning to walk, it's awkward. And the baby has to learn from its mistakes. And the baby falls down a lot. And the baby looks silly trying to walk. But we clap and we cheer and we hug that baby. And we're so proud of that baby. Well, we're all the babies sometimes in different areas of our lives. And you know what? Some of those babies grow up to be world-class athletes. And they're in the Olympics. And they run marathons or whatever it is they do. Because over many years, of course, they get better at walking. They refine the process. And then they go on to do other amazing things. And some of us, you know, we stick with walking. Um, But most average babies learn to walk somewhere around a year old. But if the baby is a little younger or a little older, we don't magically, um, you know, say, oh, that baby's abnormal or something's wrong with the baby. Now, some mothers, we, you know, we worry, especially the first baby. But gosh, no, that that's normal. That's just Everyone's different. Everyone's unique. So when you're looking at this process of criticism, please be easy on yourself and be easy on other people because everyone's different and we all have our mistakes and our failures and hopefully we will learn from them and maybe become good walkers and maybe we'll become more class athletes. So in whatever task we're trying to do and whatever skill we're trying to develop, um, But I want you to think about a few things. So first of all, the people who are criticizing you, you know, they don't walk in your shoes. They don't really know you. They don't know what it's like to be you. And it's very easy to criticize. It's very easy to Monday morning quarterback and to be a backseat driver. It's very easy to go on social media these days and criticize someone's movie that they made. Or someone's, again, someone's sports performance. You know, it's, it's easy to do that, but they don't have any clue what it's like. That backseat driver is just sitting back there. But the one who's driving has to have all the skills, the focus, has to make all the decisions and react properly. And that's a lot of responsibility. And it takes a lot of work. And the person sitting in the backseat, they don't know. They don't really know. It's really easy to criticize someone else. So keep that in mind. Also, number two is they don't have your specific gifts, nor do they have your specific challenges. And so because we're all unique, you know, we have to remember that we're not, most of us are not perfectly well-rounded people. And I see this as a teacher. And what I mean by that is we have strengths and weaknesses. And most of us are Um, specifically good in certain areas and not as good in other areas. So um, that's not to say that a kid who's good in math and science is not also good in, in English and social studies. I don't, you know, sometimes we do see that, but that's not necessarily the case. And you might have a kid who's good in academics, but they're not good in art. 
or you might have a kid who's a really good athlete and maybe they're great in music, but we don't all have every single strength or every single weakness. So again, the person who's criticizing you, even if they do know what they're talking about, they probably don't have your specific strengths and weaknesses. And they might be very strong in the area that they're criticizing you in. But if that's not your strength, you have to also know that and accept that. Because one of the things that I think is a mistake in our society is we, we've gotten into this thing of telling every kid that they're wonderful at everything. And, you know, everyone gets the first place grand prize trophy and everyone is MVP. But you know what? That's not true. Not everyone's good at everything. And it almost, if we, if we try to stir us all together and make one big, um, perfectly homogenized group, it takes away the specialness for the people who are really gifted in a certain area. Because you know what? Those people really are better than you in an area, right? But you're better than them at something else. And we all complement each other. It's not always about competition, but we do complement each other in different ways. And so that person who's criticizing you, their strength might be in that particular area or not. Um, but even if you're super strong in one area, there's going to be somebody probably who's better and they still are above you in their skill level or in their experience. And they can give you some, hopefully, advice and constructive criticism. Um, the third thing is, again, they don't, because they don't know you and they're not you, they don't understand your vocation and your calling. So they might be criticizing you in an area that doesn't even really matter long-term for you as much as another area where you're giving more of your attention. So to put that into context, um, if you are a student and you're getting by in a certain class, but really you know that you're taking it once and that's not even in your major and it's not really in your area of focus. You need the class, you need to pass, but, but a professor criticizes you. Take that with a grain of salt because you, you need to realize that in the scheme of things, um, in the scheme of the universe, as I like to say, it's not the most important thing. Now, when you talk about vacation and calling, I really look at uh, Dan Miller's work. Dan Miller from 48 Days. If you just Google Dan Miller, 48 days vocation. You'll find what he says about this, which is that your vocation is really the deepest calling in your life. And that's between you and God. And yeah, I am going to bring God into this conversation because it fits. It's necessary. See, your vocation is what God's called you to do. And no one else knows that or understands it. And you may not completely understand it. And most of us don't when we're 18, 19, 20, um, and sometimes when we're 30 or 40. But that vocation is the bigger picture in your life. And that is between you and God. It's not between you and these other people who might criticize you and put you down because they don't know. They don't know your story. They don't know where you've been necessarily. They might know where you are now, who you are now, but they don't know where you're going. You probably don't even know completely where you're going. And so they can't really criticize you. You need to um, not completely put your faith in what anyone says about you. Now, certainly, you know, if you're married, your spouse, or, or if you're a young person, your parents, yes, their, their values and their opinions and their thoughts should matter and do matter, of course. So their criticisms um, are more important to consider but ultimately, 
Your job is not to make other people happy. It's to fulfill your own God-given purpose. Now, I didn't say your job was just to make yourself happy either, but your job is to fulfill the role that God gave you and to do what he wants you to do with the gifts and talents that you were born with. So it all fits together and it all should fit together. Um, Dan Miller's wife, actually, Joanne Miller, says there are no failures. In other words, a person can't be a failure. A person can fail at something. You can fail at a task. You can fail a class. But you're not a failure. And you can't be a failure. And I love that she says that. And I think that's so important to remember when we're talking about criticism. Because even if you make a mistake or you mess up or you do fail a class, you know, I don't want that to happen. I hope that we can find ways to make you successful in school. Um, But just know that you're not a failure and you're not going to be a failure. And ultimately, your goal is to figure out what your vocation is and to fulfill that purpose. So what can you do? Well, first of all, you can get to know yourself and and really know who you are so that you're stronger and that you um, don't fall victim as much to criticism and that you're able to handle it. So you learn who you are. Um, The DISC profile helps with that. I give that as part of coaching packages. Again, um, you can find out more on the website, but that's a, it's a process. It's an ongoing learning process, who you are, what you're good at. And, um, and when you know those things and you, uh, accept your strengths, then you can also accept your weaknesses a little bit easier because you recognize the strengths for what they are. And then the weaknesses don't make you feel, um, inadequate and less than another thing you need to do is you really need to learn to listen because I'm not going to tell you that all this criticism should roll off your back. You know, drops of water off a duck's back. But sometimes they're right. Or sometimes they're even just 10 or 20% right. But it's a 10 or 20% that you should listen to. It's a little bit of truth. And if it's somebody um, who's saying, hey, you should look at this, you should consider changing this. If, If they're right, it might make a big difference. So that's where we get into the part about maybe instead of being a backseat driver, they're really being an editor, maybe as a professor, especially, or someone who's interviewing you for a job or your current boss. Maybe some of their criticism is true. Listen, it's still hard for me. Things still hurt my feelings. But if it's true, if something they say can be and should be changed and improved, and it's for the best for me in the long run, then I need to accept it, even if it hurts and even if it's hard and frustrating. Um, so you need to learn to look for those kernels of truth and accept them and use them to get better. Now, finally, I want to say, don't ever overreact. It's very easy to go onto social media and blast somebody. It's easy to write an email because you're mad and you're overreacting. But what you need to do is, you know, you, you listen, like I said, but then you let it sit for a little bit before you react. Don't react right away. You know, write out what you want to say on a piece of paper and then just rip it up or just sleep on it and think about where possibly you could take something to grow and then leave the rest. And and if the criticism's wrong, let it go. Now, you do need to consider where the criticism is coming from. Does this person even know what he or she is talking about? And if it's a professor, again, probably 
he does or she does. Maybe not though. So take that into account and and also um, remember that everybody has bad days. Everybody can be wrong, but you don't need to overreact and go back at them. Now, if it's a face-to-face conversation, that's one thing. You need to take a breath. You need to slow down. Um, Joyce Meyer, the Bible teacher says, you know, in a marriage even, it's important to say things like, well, I think I'm right, but you might be right. I'm pretty sure I'm right. But then again, maybe you have a point. You have to learn to accept that the other person might be right and pause. So then don't go and write an angry, you know, Facebook message or Twitter or whatever, you know, go on Instagram, stay away from the social media, stay away from the reactive emails. If you get a paper and, and you turn it in online and it comes back with comments and you don't like the comments, you need to sleep on it think it through. Maybe ask a trusted friend, hey, could you read through this and, you know, see if you think their criticism makes sense? Because maybe they are being an editor. Um, Maybe they do know what they're talking about, but maybe they don't. And so only you can really sort through that. Um, But take what you can. Again, if it's a boss, you might have to listen to them. But if there's too much criticism that you feel is unfounded, it's incorrect, then maybe it's time to look for a new job. If someone doesn't hire you, you can ask, was there anything else that I could have done? Now, a lot of times they won't tell you. I'll be honest. A lot of times when you go for a job interview um, and you would like even a little constructive criticism, a lot of times you won't get it. They're busy or they don't want to offend you or they don't want to leave any opening for you to argue why you should have gotten the job. So they just don't respond. But sometimes maybe you'll be able to get a little bit of feedback. Um, And then finally, I think I already said finally, but this is like really finally. So you need to learn to put on blinders and stay the course. Once you know that you're doing the right thing and going in the right direction, once you've taken what you can from that criticism, then you take a deep breath, you dig in, and you move forward. And again, back to the baby steps thing, um, you are taking those baby steps. As long as you're learning and growing and improving, even if it's just a little bit by a little bit by a little bit, then that criticism is actually helping you. And actually, I keep saying actually, (laughs) and actually, um, when that person gives you criticism, whether they meant it in a nice way or a mean way, you can still use something to propel yourself forward, even if the only lesson you can take from it is that person is disrespectful, critical, mean, rude, whatever, and I vow not to be that way to the next person I come across in my own life. Or, you know, when I'm a boss, I won't be critical in that way. I'll give them helpful feedback. Or when I'm a teacher or when I'm the professor, I'll be respectful. Or even um, when you take another class or when you're in another job, you'll know what you're looking for the next time around. So it's It's always a growing process. It's always a learning process. And that's why I say criticism can be good and bad. Sometimes at the same time, it's good and bad at the same time. Um, And yes, it can be hard. And I acknowledge that. But I don't want to tell you, don't listen to any of it. What I want to tell you is you be the filter. Take what you want to from it and let the rest go. And again, remember, and I'm going to say it again. Your job is not to make other people happy. But what your job is, is to fulfill your own God-given purpose. So with that, have a great week. Those of you who are almost done with school, 
I hope that it's going well. Stay the course. Again, just hang in there. Stay focused. Use those study skills. Let's finish the year strong. For some of us, we still have more than a month left in school. Um, but wherever you are, I'm, I'm here for you. Please email with questions. Again, info at studyskillssurvivalguide.com. And uh, I will definitely take any suggestions if you have any topics that you want me to hit upon in the next few podcasts. Um, And again, please sign up for that newsletter as well so I can just stay in touch every week. So thank you so much for sharing your day with me. I hope it's been helpful. And again, until next time, I thank you. I appreciate you and take care. I'll talk to you again soon.